Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilots License Flight Number 28 with service to New York, New York, and New York City's number two radio station, WNYX. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember that today we are looking to be perfectly on time to our destination, so we are going to wait an extra 35 seconds before we take off. Wait, we are landing at JFK instead of LaGuardia? Buckle up! (laughs) Welcome to the TV Pilots License. My name is Jeff Kerbis, joined by Max Singer and Rich Inman. How are you boys doing today? I'm doing good. I gotta put on my I gotta put on my radio voice for <laughs> for this. Can I do this for a full 65 minutes? Let's find out. I mean, I would be very impressed. Max, how are you doing, bud? I'm pretty good. I mean, I feel like we need to get a word from our sponsors for this one. So if there's any uh, sponsors who want to do uh, some stage identification, let us get a word in. Uh, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> well, for those who are unaware of what WNYX is, today we are doing the mid-90s uh, cult classic of news radio. Uh, but before we dive into deep, in case you found us for the first time or you're a returning uh, listener, Max, do you mind telling the folks what we're all about? Yeah, if you're one of those weird comedy nerds who just Googles news radio on every single surface, uh, here at TV Pilots License, we break down and analyze the pilot episodes of some of television's most famous, or in some cases, infamous pilot episodes. We figure out how these shows came to be and were initially greenlit if they're effective pilots and making us want to watch more, and if we think they can be made today, we've got all sorts of episodes now wherever you get your podcasts from. So go back, uh, listen to a show you may already know and love, find a show you may never have seen before, and if today is your first time flying with us, then welcome aboard. And Rich, what is your question of the week? So I am a huge, huge fan of news radio. You guys know this. Um th- this show is unfortunately kind of mired in a little bit of controversy and sadness that uh, one of its main stars, Phil Hartman, was unfortunately killed uh, during the run of the show. Uh, but he is consistently one of my favorite cast members of SNL, one of my favorite uh, people on The Simpsons, just one of overall my favorite like comedy actors of all time. And I would love to know, based on what you guys have seen from the pilot of News Radio, what posthumously aired sitcom or role do you feel like Phil Hartman would have thrived in? And this uh, question comes from my brother Peter. Well, I will go first because I have three. Um, One is I would love to see... Uh, surprisingly, these are actually all NBC properties. So, like, Phil wow. Hartman just returning to his roots. Dean Craig Pelton. Um, I think wow. Phil oh, that's Hartman good. would be so good in this role. It would be a definitely a different version of the Dean. But I think it perfectly fits with that sitcom as a whole. Uh, Jack Donaghy. Uh, from 30 Rock, I think would be amazing. I think that Alec Baldwin is almost doing a Phil Hartman impression uh, throughout that entire show. Uh, And then this one's a little bit out of left field, but Reverend Richard Wayne Gary Wayne from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, played by John Hamm. Oh, the John Hamm part. Yeah, Yeah. which would be amazing. Like, And I say this, and you might be thinking, like, wow, Jeff, you picked three. Phil Hartman was that damn good. Like, Phil Hartman was taken way too soon from us, and it is such a sad thing, but the 
things that we had him in, he shined in. And there were so much You may more remember him from such done. roles as. <laughs> <laughs> toy soldiers. Only toy <laughs> soldiers. Uh, Max, what about you? Uh, so my initial thought was similar to yours, Jeff, uh, although it being a different role on Community, I think Phil Hartman would have absolutely destroyed the role of Pierce played by Chevy mm. Chase. Oh. Um, I, I don't think anyone did that like smarmy mm-hmm. style of comedy better than Phil Hartman, despite the best attempts of Ed Helms and every single thing that he does professionally. <laughs> um, Hartman also, though, had such a like a flair for the dramatic in comedy. I think back to his iconic SNL short, Love is a Dream, the sort of like ballet that him and Jan mm-hmm. Hooks did in the 80s. And something that I think he would have done really well, and this is no disrespect to this actor who has literally won an Emmy for it, but I would love to see Phil Hartman in a, like a Gene Cousineau role on Barry, just playing <sighs> this like over the top, professor of the craft i I think that this blurring of comedy and genre in like the peak tv era of comedy would have suited him so well and he'd be older now you know he'd he'd be in his early 70s if he were still with us today but i i think that that style would have just he would have aced it and i would have loved to have seen what he could have done in this sort of genreless world of comedy we live in now also yeah. it would have been a news radio uh reunion yeah oh, Stephen and, root and, yeah. and like you could you could have easily sold that to people you oh, could have yeah. easily sold that to people i i also would say that i think he would do a fantastic job as Stephen root's character in barry uh monroe like mm. just so damn talented rich what about you you've had a little bit more time with this question i sure have uh so we (laughs) unfortunately didn't get the elder statesman uh pivot uh the elder comedy statesman pivot to dramatic roles from phil hartman because he was taken too soon um i would have loved to see him as the saul goodman character in better call saul and uh and breaking bad I think mm. he would have done an exceptional job at playing, you know, no disrespect to Bob Odenkirk. He fucking destroyed that role. It's amazing. Um, but he would have done an exceptional job with the uh, the elements of, like, serious gravity to it, but uh, and also being kind of a, you know, a, a little bit of a comedic relief in that show. And not too heavy of one, but, like, he could have found that line pretty easily. I think he would have done a great job. On, on that note, I think Phil Hartman also could have done the Bob Odenkirk role in Little Women, where he shows up two-thirds of the way into the movie and goes, Ah, my little women! <laughs> no, no, only Bob could have done that. Only Bob. <laughs> well, Rich, thank you for such a thoughtful question. And thank well, you, thank brother, you, Peter. for yeah. such a thoughtful question. Um... But let's dive in a little bit more to our show of the week, News Radio, and let's start off with the synopsis. The workplace sitcom News Radio explores the office politics and interpersonal relationships among the staff of WNYX, News Radio, New York's number two news radio station. (laughs) And before we dive too far deep into this pilot, Max, let's talk a little bit about how this was made. Absolutely. I... God, I, I love the specific of number two station. That's uh, <laughs> who no one needs to be number one. Anyways, uh, so today we're talking about a gentleman by the name of Paul Sims. Uh, Sims today is one of maybe the most influential 
behind the scenes figures in 21st century comedy. He has served currently as like a writer and producer uh, and EP on shows like Flight of the Concords, Girls, Atlanta, What We Do with the Shadows. He currently has an overall deal at FX. I'm really hoping there's some more in the tank from him creatively. Um, but Sims hasn't had as many chances to just make his own thing. So we're going to take it back to his earlier days today. Sims graduates from Harvard, where he's a writer for the National Lampoon, like so many other great writers in history. After college, he's hired to write for Spy Magazine, which is a now-defunct satirical magazine which focuses on the darker side of celebrity. Uh, he writes for Spy for a couple years, and in 1990, he begins his TV writing career working for The Late Show with David Letterman. Uh, he's at Letterman for a couple years when he then gets hired as a writer and later an EP and executive story editor for a groundbreaking new sitcom over at HBO called The Larry Sanders Show. So after a couple of years with Larry Sanders and this taking off, at just 29 years old, uh, he gets a deal from NBC and creates what goes on to become news radio. Now, Sims writes news radio with two specific sketch comedy actors in mind. Uh, Dave Foley, who at that point is on Kids of the Hall, mm -hmm. and Phil Hartman, who left SNL in 1994. Uh, in a bit of good fate, Foley actually was attached to a different pilot this year over at CBS, wow. but he was let go from the pilot after they cast the role of his wife on it, which freed him up to do news radio. Damn. Uh, there's a little bit of like urban legend behind the filming of the episode that we watch today, and that is that during the actual initial live taping of news radio... NBC executives picked it up for its first six episodes. That's amazing. Like, in the middle of the live taping, oh, the story cool. goes. Uh, today's episode, also, we're throwing it back to a hero of these halls, friend of Richard Edmund. It is directed by the one and only Jimmy Burroughs, the J-Man. Right. Another Jimmy Burroughs episode here at TVPL. Uh, and all of that takes <laughs> us to the... Ba, 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 directed radio. by Jimmy Burroughs. <laughs> <laughs> which aired on NBC March 21st, 1995. Awesome. You guys ready to jump into uh, news radio? Oh, boy, am I. Yeah, can we, can we pause really quick for station identification? Wait. This is the TV pilot's license. <laughs> All right, I think we're good. Um, so <laughs> This is a podcast. You, you is... haven't changed any dial because there isn't one. <laughs> Well, let's start off with this cold open because I really enjoyed this idea of meet Dave Nelson and like sort of get a idea of who he is as a human being, right? Dave walks into this gigantic office building, um, goes right to the security guard and says, hi, I'm Dave Nelson. I'm the new news director at WNYX. Um, asks what floor it is on and then just waits um and this is just one of those instances where i think david foley was this perfect person for this role right because i i don't see many other actors making this funny uh just like there's no interaction he has oh hey nice jacket with the security guard but like what did the initial reaction to just meeting dave nelson as a whole did it give you the feeling of like, oh, this is going to be like a little bit of a weird comedy, not really fitting in the 90s, but like 
I started laughing immediately when I saw this scene. Yeah, same. Uh, Foley is such a strong character sketch actor in particular, and you need somebody who can embody that kind of physicality to make standing at a desk for a prolonged period of time seem funny. Uh, it's definitely a different style of humor, I think, than a lot of the stuff that came before this show. It's it's longer, drawn-out laughs. Um, it's the first example of this show of we're going to keep a camera on something for a very long time for a multicam, mm-hmm. and you just have to trust us that the joke is going to come. We're not going to be doing quick banter back and forth. We're not going to be like flipping between camera A and B to build to the laugh like we're going to draw this out and you're with us or you're not. Yeah. And and this goes, I feel like a lot of the basis of the jokes for this show for its entire run are one person's going to have something serious and genuine that they're going to believe. And the other person is just going to fuck with them. And that is, and that is the entire like basis of the, of each individual sketch that they write. And I mean, uh, this is like embodies that perfectly. It's, Dave is like an incredibly nervous but extremely confident person in this show, and uh, I mean, you you learn a lot about him from this first like thirty five seconds. And also, I don't know, they probably got the note that from the network or something like that that this cold open has to be exactly thirty five seconds, and that's why they keep referencing it. I, I didn't actually go back and check how long it was, but I have. To I imagine also did that's not it. time it. Uh, normally, I am very much one to put on a stopwatch but this was one where i was just enjoying too much the button on this is so good too if we're gonna draw this 35 seconds only for the security guard to reveal that he's in the wrong building this entire time like that's that's such a worthwhile payoff to me <laughs> so sitcomy i really really love it um, and it's such a simple joke too and then we get yeah. a run into a zip like the zippiest of all uh theme music zip zap like <laughs> we get w or we get news radio on the screen for maybe five seconds but like That's it so almost good. seems like the demented version of the seinfeld like theme music of just like we are just going to say what's the more annoying version of this <laughs> let's go right at it i don't think it's that outlandish to say that news radio invented mambo wow <laughs> <laughs> But that was just Mambo number one. Uh, what happened to two, three, four <laughs> to got, get to five? <laughs> we got so many more to go. Uh, but from after this opening, I did really like the, um, like almost the realistic approach to that next scene where we meet Jimmy James, who's the owner of WNYX, uh, played by whom we mentioned, Stephen Root. Um, the idea that Dave just did not sprint six blocks and only was two minutes late, but he was a very casual 15 minutes late and (laughs) he's so nervous about it. But Jimmy James is just, I I don't even know how to explain the character of Jimmy James. Please go. If you are listening to this and watch this pilot because Steven root just makes a meal of this entire role and like makes it the most outlandish, like, I don't know if he's a billionaire, but he just gives these vibes of, like, in my notes I say, what is, like, who is Steven Root supposed to be playing? Like, who inspired him? Is it, like, just Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, but the New Yorker version of him? Like, I'm so curious about where his influence came. 
Eccentric he's billionaire seen, is a character type that uh, Steven Root does a great job with. It's also just nice seeing him get to play this level of high status in a character because I feel like he's, for many people, best known as like Milton in Office Space or as the voice of Bill Dotrieff in King of the Hill. And he does an amazing <laughs> job with the sort of, uh, you know, end of their rope, down in the dumps, lower status characters. But he just makes a meal out of Jimmy every single scene he gets in this pilot. Yeah, he, he very much seems like uh, he screams like kind of like oil billionaire a little bit. And the fact that he just like kind of doesn't care. Um, he also and they, they make a joke about this a lot in the in the future runs of the show. But um, for him having the biggest portfolio you could possibly imagine of like, you know, sporting goods stores or or buying teams on a whim. um uh, he literally spends so much time at the news radio station, which is probably like less than 10, like one tenth of 1% of his portfolio. And I, I don't know. It's just like, he's my favorite character. I love, I love this guy. I love this character so much. They, they just absolutely give him some of the, the best lines and his, uh, his flippancy, just like the way he delivers lines. Like you can't help but laugh at it. It's perfect. And there's, he- Oh, go for it, Max. I was going to say, he he also, in this opening scene, um, has maybe my favorite line of the entire pilot, where he, he takes a phone call in the middle of introducing himself to Dave, and the the line is, I'm in the middle of telling the guy why he's yes. so special to me. No, no, it's work-related. The, the, the pause <laughs> yeah, and second too. half of that joke <laughs> is so, so funny to me. Oh, I, also, beautiful. he talks about like what his schedule for the day is, and he says um, he's talking about like going to a construction site. He's going to the sporting store, and then someone, uh, definitely the person over the phone, is supposedly asking, "Why are you going to a, a construction site? Is it for work?" No, that's just for fun. I like to watch the big trucks. Uh, it's just <laughs> like, the, this amazing. You, we, look, we could have filled this entire episode full of Jimmy James quotes, and we will. Uh, and I'm going to him getting mad at Dave for saying that strong language don't fly with me when he says the word damn it's yeah. <laughs> um uh, which like during this we also learn like hey dave is from wisconsin he was specifically chosen out of 34 other candidates to be this news director for the radio mm-hmm. station um but then we also have the um kurt fuller walks in uh, and looking only like Kurt Fuller could as the character mm-hmm. of Ed Harlow, who is the current news director. Um, and this is our main conflict for this entire pilot, right? Is the idea that there are two news directors. One of them does not know they are set to be fired. And the other one has just found out their job is to fire the current news director. Um, Another just amazing bit of Stephen Root was just the physical comedy of him just disappearing uh, when yes. Ed comes into the room and just is in the bathroom hiding out, but still very much on the phone. Um, but yeah, like, I I really loved that they brought in, I don't know if Kurt Fuller's in the show more than the pilot, but I love that he was this, because he he's just such a good asshole. He's like he's, he's not. such. <laughs> he, he's not. He's not in the rest of the show. This is his last, this is his first well, and only role. Hey, congrats to NBC for bringing <laughs> him in because I think it was a perfect addition to it. Um, he has almost this like 
intimidating presence while also being a dick while also seeming like he does not care about his job all at the same time that gives you that vibe of like i have worked for this person i or i have worked with this person and the idea that they are just here is amazing but you can also tell that dave nelson um in one of the more midwestern moments for him does not like the concept of conflict (laughs) Uh, and avoids it very much so uh, exactly. by instead of saying why he's really there it would not be a good pilot if he did he's there for sports uh, and <laughs> that is this lie that grows throughout and brings just more comedy to the pilot as a whole um, I know I've been waxing poetically about this uh, about Kurt Fuller but I'd love to hear from you too. Uh, we should note really quick that the character of Ed Harlow it is canon that he is the uncle of rapper Jack Harlow <laughs> <laughs> flying first class up in the sky wow oh yeah um, but as we go through um, and we're after Dave and Ed are in this office alone um, trying to figure out everything. We go to meet another character. Uh, and this is uh, Lisa, who is played by, looking through my notes, Maura Tierney. Um, Maura Tierney, baby. Which I did not know she was in this. And I was really excited to see her in this pilot as a whole. Yeah, man. Um, Legends only in the news radio cast. Yeah, which That's is... Right. But we get a little bit now more you know. character development, right? Like, we learn a little bit more about what's happening, how uh, this station really thrives. And one of the reasons is Lisa. Um, we see her putting together a news piece. We see her doing almost everything all at once, only to realize that she is really probably the best candidate to be the news director if they were going to hire directly. Um But also, I did love that they sort of made this joke of like, oh, okay, she's the only other female that we introduce. Oh, you guys have this love connection and like all Mm -hmm. of this stuff immediately. Just sort of like joking about the idea of like, oh, well, if there's a man and there's a woman, they have to be in love with each other. And that's how it works in uh, NBC sitcom world. They they tease a crush really quickly in this. And... uh... I, it seems like a strange choice. Like, let it build a little bit. Like, you don't have to. Like, I don't think in the office pilot they really build any tension between Jim and Pam or anything like that. It, like, they you, they give it a little bit. You're you're creating. There's only two weak points of this pilot, and I think it's uh, and and I think it's like fabricating kind of like the Lisa and Dave love story thing. The second we're going to get into a little bit because that character is ultimately replaced by a. <laughs> questionably better actor comedian (laughs) (laughs) but also replaced a potentially questionably better actor comedian to get that role we'll get Mm. into that too yeah if if you have uh if you've listened to us a while you might know whom that person is (laughs) and who the other person we're talking about is um but during this bit right after dave is feeling what i would assume is guilt uh, for realizing he's been brought in, there's probably someone Midwestern else. Midwestern guilt, you know that mid that good Midwestern guilt. Well, uh, they took a they took a Canadian comedian and put and made him Midwestern. What a big stretch for him. <laughs> well, they did also joke that they were like, "Oh, are you from Canada?" And he was like, "No, 
Wisconsin. And I was just like, they had to, like, there was definitely something that Dave Foley just added in. Um, mm-hmm. But from here, we go back into uh, Ed's office, right? Um, and right now, Dave's trying to approach the idea of, like, Ed is just suffering. He has, he's here for the job. Uh, we get a little bit earlier that, oh, he gets full health care. He has big back problems. Um, I really loved Beth, the character played by Vicki Lewis in oh. this pilot. Because she has these single line, these single lines that just do such a good job of being like, of the entire cast, she's the one that I feel like represents New York or like the most New York personality yeah. as a whole. And it was just such a welcome thing to have of like, oh yeah, you have the assistant who is helping out the news director, but very loudmouth, seems to be doing great at her job as well. But like also just sometimes doesn't know when to speak and when not to speak um, in this, you know, in a yeah, normal uh, work day. I, the character of Beth gets a lot crazier like they really double down on the, on her crazy uh the the entire time and i am so i'm so glad that they do because it is there's so much fodder in having an assistant who's like ultimately pretty good at her job but is like you have to work you have to really work around her crazy to get her to do her job and mm-hmm. i mean they she eventually becomes the person who like actually finds out about dave and lisa's love uh, for the first time and Spoilers. has to hold it and, ha- yeah, and, has, and has to hide it. And that becomes a, that becomes a joke for like an entire season, but it is, I mean, I, I really, really love this character and they, you need at least one crazy person and everyone is their little, like in indis- their like distinct brand of crazy, but she's full blown. She's very traditional crazy. Uh, yes. <laughs> this show does something that is such a, it's such a risk and it's it's not like technically good pilot writing but it's just characters one after another coming into the room introducing themselves doing their weird little quirk and then leaving and it it really is just with with lesser hands it would have just been 21 minutes of exposition scenes but yeah. with this cast and how sharp this writing is you start to see the interconnections between how each character is going to like play off of other ones. So, I mean, I, I do love that. And I do just love how this A plot of Dave having to fire Ed just turns into this fun game of cat and mouse. Um, how like somehow Ed keeps getting away from, yeah. from Dave time and time again. And uh, he's going to get driven to do so again by, by the introduction that comes right afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, That's and such a good point. You you talked about the these characters just coming in, introducing themselves, their quirks, and we get introduced to Phil Hartman's character. Um, Phil Hartman in this pilot uh, plays Bill McNeil, so he's one of the main hosts, uh, the main anchors of WNYX. Uh, I'm going to keep on saying the news radio station as if uh, it is a yeah. thing, um, but. In this scene, Bill is coming in and just complaining to Ed that, hey, I want to do the Al Gore interview, uh, which 
at the time, I was just thinking about it. And I was like, oh, that's wild, man. Like Interviewing that, the vice president. That's yeah, pretty interviewing high Interviewing the vice president on the phone. He makes the excuse, like, I'm much better on the phone uh, than my colleague. And that's why I should do it. You shouldn't be giving it to Catherine. And, we got we to manage these egos at the radio station. Yeah. And I thought it was just such a, it was such a quick scene, right? You get the idea of who Phil Hartman's character is. What are his motivations? He wants to be the star, always the star, and he's going to do anything to do it. Uh, without, I don't think Catherine says a line in this pilot. We just sort of see her. You we only don't hear, hear her, her on air in this yeah. pilot. And then we get Beth coming in and just being like, Catherine's threatening you as well. And we can sort of get an understanding of why, hey, this is why Dave Nelson was brought in to help manage these gigantic personalities that are just here. Bill's yeah, and- threat is so, so, so goddamn it's so funny. funny. <laughs> where, where if he doesn't get what he wants, he's Bill's not going to quit. Bill's not going to go on strike. Bill just threatens to read the news incredibly slow <laughs> if he doesn't get his way. I think I that that is like, God, and, and that just shows how much of a weapon Bill, uh, like Phil Hartman's voice is in this show. Absolutely. It is like, it, it's such, such, such a talented radio voice in, in general. Yeah, I, I think the massive underuse of Catherine as a character here is uh is quite a choice obviously um it's not uh, played by the eventual final actress who who does get the part of uh you know the amazing candy alexander um and it does seem like there are like a couple placeholders in this pilot well i mean once you see episode two and you see what the cast is actually going to be it seems it's very strange that it still went to air while having those placeholder characters in there, because obviously Catherine becomes a massive part of the show and is like extremely important to the on-air talent. But it, the back and forth, and I think this is so funny about how they probably pitch the show, is that you know it, you're running a talk radio station. No one can be outside of that booth for more than like two minutes for like ads and stuff like that. You are you are really like constantly in there the entire time, and I think that's why every scene with Phil is so brief. Every scene with, uh, with Lisa is so brief because she's running back and forth. She's literally recording an ad spot while talking to Dave. And I, I don't know. It's just like, it's a, it's a great spot that you can see that there is so much room for two more characters to, to have like real, like real strong placeholders here. You mentioned though, uh, Hartman's voice being such a, like a tool as a comic. And I have to say like, his ability to work his facial muscles yes. also bodes well to that too. There's so many scenes where the the way he can, can like control his cheekbones, the way he control like a smirk to a smile and like using different ones for different effects. He is just like a classic comedy actor in the best sense of the world. I mean, he came up through Groundlings and Pee Wee's Playhouse and SNL. So just like, He's like a character actor through and through, and he just utilizes these little moments so well. And if you only have two minutes to make an impact, you have to utilize every single tool in your tool belt to do so. And Hartman really does in these early scenes. Yeah, and he's really just not in this pilot much, but the moments that he is, you know that his character is going to be a problem, at least for Dave, um, throughout the time on the show. But... He is so much of a problem that Ed seemingly quits, 
right? Uh, and this <laughs> is Dave's dream scenario, right? Uh, but yeah, Dave just avoided conflict. So yeah, good for good for him. Like literally, uh, everyone in the Midwest buttholes just unclenched. <laughs> so not only that, but like the he's like, oh, doing the internal math. Like we don't have to pay him severance or anything like that. I'm gonna help you to the elevator. I'm gonna give you the box. Um, and then the moments that we got Stephen Root just appearing as Jimmy James with random sporting good equipment, uh, yes. as if to represent his like journey around, um, where Stephen Root just or Jimmy James is like, hey, um, I didn't want you to let him quit. I wanted you to fire him. And then mm-hmm. in just perfect comedic timing, we just see. Uh, Kurt Fuller just passed by being like, get my box, Dave. And like, we find out this is a very common occurrence for him to have these little mental breakdowns. Well, that's what I'm saying about these long takes too for a multicam. You're just holding on Steven Root and Dave Foley in the hallway. You see the door to the office. You see the door to the elevator. And it's so long before that elevator door bursts open and, you know, Ed storms back through. And you have to hold on to that moment. And you get these little gags like Steven Root with the stringless tennis racket and things like that. But it, like, asks you as an audience, like, hold on. Hold on one more moment. Like, there's going to be a payoff. Just stay with us. Yeah, the the line of, you know, you have to pay $250 for these things. And they don't come with strings uh, as he just puts his hand through <laughs> the, the, the line of Ed quits three times a week. Sometimes he comes in on Sundays to quit without distraction is yeah. such a good character line. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, giving Jimmy James just like a handful of sporting goods equipment. And like, it doesn't seem like they could have, they could have almost like ad-libbed they could have had Steven Root almost ad lib his entire character, uh, like with the different investments he was making. With that, I, I've lost my mind when when he put his head through the the tennis racket. That was so freaking funny. Yeah, and um, from here we also get just this. We get a great scene. Um, we get to see Dave try his hand at being uh, a radio station personality Oops. and and doing his quote unquote job. Of sports. And this is like just another instance of seeing the team really just like the group of actors shine together, right? Dave is trying to do his job as like, okay, I'm going to do sports. I haven't done this since college. Do whatever to count me in. And just seeing the warm up, all this stuff, and then watching him panic at the same time. <laughs> I think we all felt that instance of not being prepared for our moment when we need to be prepared. It's such a simple gag, but Phil Hartman revealing the light that says on air when he's been just like vamping and saying Philadelphia 76ers over (laughs) and over. It's so simple. It's so stupid. It's so good. Philadelphia 76ers, Sixers, Sixers played a game of basketball today. (laughs) And then I, I, I missed it, but... You know who we haven't talked about in this entire episode? Hmm. Andy Dick. Uh, Andy Dick is in this pilot. (laughs) We went like 27 episodes without talking about Andy Dick, guys. Yeah, and I think maybe... (laughs) (laughs) Once per five episodes. But Andy Dick (laughs) plays Matthew Brock. Dick quota. Um, Matthew Brock, I... I sort of want to guess that he's sort of like the man on the street. He's like the pop culture um, or like... I don't even know what his job is because he goes to Ed's 
character or the Ed character and says like, I want to do, and this was just another great bit of comedy of like, hey, there's radio stations in LA that do like, you know, resident of the week. Uh, Angelino of the week. Yeah. And then it was just so great. The Ed Harlow line of why would Los Angeles care about the New Yorker of the week? Uh, in just a very <laughs> simple thing. So uh, stupid. But also just, we get this reveal of Dave needs to tell someone he's the news director. And yep. while Andy Dick's character, Matthew, is sobbing. Um, and I have a note here. We're going to talk about it later. But people just feast on tears in this show. Like, people want people to cry Oh, yeah. A New lot, York, baby. And not in the healthy way of a just releasing stories. your tears. Um, but... Dave, as, you know, a Midwestern man would do, tries to ease the tension by saying, hey, he's not going to be here that long because I'm actually the news, the new news director. Please keep it a secret. We, we have a couple of rules here on this podcast, things I'd like to share with you, reoccurring things that come up. Um, a new one we should add to that is don't tell Andy Dick secrets. Just if you are out and about in Hollywood and you encounter... Andy Dick, and something's on your mind, d- don't tell him your secrets. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I would highly recommend not doing that. I, uh, Andy Dick, uh, Jeff, just so you know, is basically, he's like a researcher, I would say. They do send him out for some on-field reporting, like a little bit, but uh, he's basically like an extremely inept researcher who really tries to be good at his job. I mean, you can see they... they uh, they revealed that he reads Broadcasting Weekly or something like that. Broadcasting Today. Oh, yeah, which only idiots read Broadcasting Weekly yes. uh, yeah. was a line from... Uh, a the, beautiful line. Yeah, an ed- line that we should remember for later, yeah. for sure. Uh, they, they really do... Uh, the the amount of callback jokes that they do as like plot points for for this... Uh, in the show is still like truly remarkable. It's like just speaks to some really good holistic writing. And yeah, uh, Andy Dick is basically the punching bag. He's just like lowest man on the totem pole. Uh, like kind of just, he's, he's kind of there to like scare everyone to like that. If you ever get as bad as Matthew, you're going to lose your job. (laughs) Uh, that, that is like weirdly, uh, that is like weirdly his spot in the, uh, in the grand pyramid here. But, uh, yeah, they give him, Dave gives him like, he's the first to know that he's the new news director because Matthew like clearly hates Ed so much. Cause that is so mean to him. And yeah, it, it, just like before even Dave, before Dave even turns back around to talk to Matthew, uh, three other people have already found out that he's the new news director. <laughs> I mean, and, just the, the rapid pace of the gossip. Yeah. Well, yeah, we only have like what, 20 minutes for this pilot. Yep. So we need to make sure News travels as fast as possible um, at the speed of sound. Uh, <laughs> and, like, Man. A- after Dave's failed uh, news radio or, like, sports take uh, where Phil Hartman saves the day, um, we get this great moment. And it's Ed trying to fire Dave. And then I just have written here um, when, Ed, do you know the meaning of irony? Uh, as they walk in and we don't even need to see the conversation, but there's just these small things like 
Dave walking out and being like, I think that went as well as it could. I gave him the memo. And then just a piece of paper just hit, him hit, in the face. <laughs> hit Dave in the face as just like childish, but like so funny. Again, it's just these wide shots. It's not that quick cut between camera A and B. It's we're going to gather everyone in the middle of the newsroom. We're going to do this wide cut. And there's going to be a gag that's going to come from like the other side of the screen. And mm-hmm. they just do such an effective job of that. It's it's such a, a creative use of camera work in uh, a style of comedy that's been done for decades at this point. It's such a creative way to utilize your set, to utilize your ensemble. It, it just, it feels, even in little moments like that, that this is a new like foray into network multicam. Yeah, and also probably one of the highest stakes paper tosses I've ever seen because if that was a single cut that could have potentially ruined an entire scene with like really good laughter and that would have been an <laughs> absolute you, tragedy it would have if, actually he, if been, he just missed it would have actually been really funny if it just zoomed past his head <laughs> like that would have been diving in front of the crushed up paper no. ball taking the hit so they could re so they could do it again <laughs> yeah and then he would he would though <laughs> from here we like I really loved how they once Ed was fired, how they changed the dynamic, right, of who Dave is. Um, and we've talked about this in other shows of, like, showing the depth of the character, showing mm-hmm. the why behind the character. A lot with Night Court um, when we talked about uh, Judge Harry and these background things. But we start to see it with Phil's character, or with Bill's character of um, Bill tries to suck up or try to get the uh, Al Gore interview. And we see Dave just jump into action and we get this idea of like this is why he's the news director you need that one moment where we see them be good at their job yeah exactly and it was it was perfect it was small i didn't need an entire episode of this is why i'm here i'm here to Mm -hmm. fix things it was just like i can control you got eight seconds i can control the wild animals in the (laughs) zoo like watch me do it really quickly um some small things that happen afterwards that I just have to mention, um, after the, um, we do see the broadcasting monthly joke come back, uh, because it it was just, it was such a dark joke, but it was so great at the same time of Ed leaving saying, I'm going to go to this other news, uh, news radio station because I am great friends with, uh, Tom Novacek and he said I could have the job any time and literally just these, across the street yeah. across the street and literally like i think this was really one of the few times that rick who at this point in time was played by greg lee like mm-hmm. really shined as like just a slow delivery of like how bad the situation was right like oh you know it's too bad that they went out of business three uh, months ago yeah three months ago um it was in broad, and then uh, Matthew <laughs> Brock. He would have known it if he read Broadcasting <laughs> Weekly. And then finally, uh, Greg, being I have, have this written down, and he was like, "Yeah, they really went down the tube when Tom Novacek died three months ago." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, oh, it was so good. Yeah, and that was what what a what an extremely satisfying. It just that. like, and here's the thing. I would have been, this was another instance of a pilot where I was just like, great ending. Like, really solid final joke. Mm -hmm. But we get this final scene 
um, we get to see Jimmy James one more time uh, come in with a hockey stick saying, and it's great, Dave, Dave says, did you buy the sporting goods store? No, I decided to buy a hockey team instead. It's just like the idea that they just give you a hockey stick when you buy a hockey team That's is right. great. They do. Also, oh that it's, like it would have happened over the course of I don't know an afternoon that he just yeah. bought a two team. hours, <laughs> two to three hours at maximum. But then, like the final thing that I thought was really great was they had this um, meet Jeff uh, who comes in <laughs> the sports guy. Yeah, and he says he's the sports guy, and it was just this is such was, a fun epilogue. It was such a great like just what a great. I thought I was satisfied. And then this epilogue just made me think, wow, this was amazing. And just like such a great way to bring back a joke we weren't even expecting. Yeah. Um, uh, just just so for, for people listening at home who might listen to this before they watch the episode, uh, Jeff is the uh, new sports guy, as told by uh, coming in to meet Dave in his office. And Dave, incredibly wary that new sports guy is now uh, is now slang for it's the person code. who's going to fire you. <laughs> test them on his sports knowledge, and and Jeff like admittedly passes the test. And uh, what a f- what a freaking brilliant yeah he's end giving that episode he's giving lines. He's like, yeah, I like the Knicks by twelve. Like, and specifically yeah. mentioning um, Shaq Shaquille yeah. O'Neal's scoring line for Orlando Shaq at that and point. Uh, Oakley, and like all yeah. it was great. Um, but that is the end of this pilot. We get um, two buttons. We're so lucky. <laughs> um, it's like a bad suit. What were some things that we didn't talk about that you might have loved in this pilot? I couldn't help but when watching this show to see framework that would be used in so many sitcoms, particularly in NBC must-see TV sitcoms mm. of our generation. Um, I, so, so watching news radio, you do have like a linchpin character, you have Dave, but it's about this ensemble and it's about how different people in the ensemble are going to interact with one another. It's the way that, uh, like Lisa and Rick interact at the table at the very end with the, uh, like the Tom Novacek scene. It's mm-hmm. the way that, you know, Bill interacts with ed it's the way that all these people are going to come into each other's orbits and i saw so much of community in that i saw so much of what made parks and rec so effective in that what made 30 rock so effective where you could just take these two or three people and send them off in any direction and news radio does just that does it so well and i think that it's just like it's so clear that this is a show that influenced so many writers and creators and comic actors in the years to come. And it's cool to see that at its earliest stage. I think what you, such a, such a terrific point. And I I think like what they have proven here is that if you let everyone's motivation shine very, like extremely early on, Lisa wants to be news director get to see that Phil wants to be top dog. You want to see that, uh, uh, Lisa wants to be the news director. Matthew wants anyone to acknowledge him. Uh, Jimmy James is just going to be Jimmy James, but like he, uh, you know, everyone is, everyone exhibits themselves very, very early on here. And it doesn't need a ton of backstory. It doesn't need much of anything really, except that we're all here and we have, 
and and you're we're only gonna know what people want from this office from this community and that is really like i mean max like you said it is just like everyone comes with a communal like supportive role to one another you can see how they're going to play off of each other in every single instance and that essentially what they're doing is developing a formula it's like okay here's a new problem how do lisa and phil fix it how do uh dave and matthew fix it etc and and basically you just get like you know it's like an ad lib for for every uh for every episode after this yeah and what i'll add is Max, you talked about it a little bit with Phil Hartman's character, but I truly love how whomever, when they were writing this, they decided, you know, we're going to focus on Dave's character and the chaos that's surrounding him, but not overemphasize one person or one character's chaoticness too much throughout the pilot, right? (laughs) You get a little bit here or there. Like, yes, the main problem in this episode is ed um and firing ed but throughout it we just get such a great performance from the cast as a whole to make this pilot shine um and that is really special and not something you see all the time with sitcoms as we have discovered uh doing this podcast as a whole so we talked about things we loved um what were some wait-a-minute moments for you with this uh, pilot? So we kind of touched on this already, but this is a show that has a lot of recastings from its pilot to the rest of its run. So let's talk about Rick the Electrician really quickly. If and <laughs> Shut Jeff up, Rick. This, That's the entirety of the character. <laughs> if you have listened to this pod since its earliest days, you would know that when News Radio was cast, the part of Rick was originally going to be played by Ray Romano. <laughs> However, NBC executives and Phil Sims felt that Romano's slow, like slow pan delivery didn't fit against that sort of like quick radio world that we've talked about. That sort of like everything being on a timer style. So Romano gets recast by this actor, Greg Lee. However, Greg Lee only lasts for this one episode before the character is renamed to Joe and played by uh, an up and coming comic actor who never went on to do anything after news radio named Joe Rogan. I heard he's From a doctor Fear now. <laughs> I, I heard he's a really good doctor now. So, you know, like maybe we should yeah. check that out. I, well, great he's stuff. given me a lot. He's given me a lot of medical advice. Oh, uh, you uh, and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Um, <laughs> Let's see if we could do like a pod for pod, like guest appearance trade. With yeah. Him. Joe, would you like to try to be a friend of the pod? <laughs> jo- Joe? Joe, are you listening? <laughs> Spotify, are you listening? We yeah, want Spotify Joe on the pod. Dear, dear Spotify. Uh, um, uh, yeah, no, um, it, it's it's definitely very interesting. Like, this is the first episode I've seen. And, like, Rich, um, as someone who's watched a lot of this show, like... Oh boy, have I. Does it, like, is it, does it take you back a little bit to, like, see, like, oh, hey, here's this character, but it's not actually who yeah. you got used to? So this is a holiday tradition for my family to to watch news radio either on DVD or whatever streaming service we have available down in Florida. Um, there's do, do they have them all down there yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard they're still running we on. We just Quibi. got season three. I'm super excited to see what happens to Phil Hartman. Anyways, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, I love you, Phil. 
Um, okay, so Joe gives this character some actual depth and comedic timing. At this point, Rick is basically a... I'm just going to be as misogynistic as possible. He's like... I think there's at one point, like, Joe is revealed to be, like, a really big Howard Stern fan, because at this point is, like, a like a, a sharp rise to Howard Stern's, po- uh, like, popularity. And you can see in that character why he's a huge Howard Stern fan. Um, but Rick has almost no depth to him whatsoever. There's no dimension. There's, like, there's almost not even really comedic timing from him. And it's just, like, as much as I detest the direction that joe rogan has eventually taken that uh comedy career uh he really brings a lot of humor and like a, like an actual kind of personality to that role and he like he really owns it and they they did a great job casting him it was so smart ray romano would have been terrible joe rogan was the absolute right comedian for this role um, and then Catherine, of course, uh, eventually becomes played by Candy Alexander and actually has lines. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Odd screen ones. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think it was a little weird that they just didn't give the uh, supposedly main black character in the show any lines. But uh, they eventually do. And uh, and she's a crowd favorite. And she's uh, Candy Alexander, also a perfect casting for this role. So I have one other wait a minute moment before we get into Please. our in-flight question. Um, I My wait a minute moment was people really want to see other people cry. Um, I talked about this a little bit, but yeah. like it starts that's life, off. Baby. It that's, starts, that's New York. It's not in the healthy way, right? Like I will admit I love a good cry. Sometimes you just need it for your system, for your emotions, all that sort of stuff. But the way that folks like, uh, what was it, Beth, uh, when she finds out that Dave is actually the news director, asks if they can bring Ed out of his office so they can fire him and maybe he'll cry. Like, yeah. it's just like, it, it took me aback a little bit. Like, I yes, was it funny? Absolutely. But seeing it consistently amongst a group of people, you have to wonder what the hell is happening at this news radio station as a whole. Yeah, there. it was very, like, I don't know if there's just, like, a all these people are extremely broken type feeling to, to how they're, like, they wanted this to be casted or they wanted this to be portrayed. But uh, that definitely speaks to, oh, these people are unwell. These people are really overworked and, like, there is a real cutthroat uh, mentality here of just, like, maybe if I see someone else cry, I'll realize that my job's not so bad. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say. Um, but I, that does eventually go away. Like they, That's except good. for like when I'm, they pick I'm on really Matthew. excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they try to make Matthew cry almost once an episode. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you try to make Andy Dick cry at least once I sure once would a now day? knowing how sh- history shook out. We've talked about our wait a minute moments. We've talked about things we've loved. Let's go to an in-flight question. Um, yes. we got Ooh. this in-flight question via our DMs on Instagram. And the question's very simple. What role would you play? at WNYX. Um, so would you be the man on the street? Would you be our main Ooh. anchor? The sports guy? Maybe a news director? I'll even take, you're the electrician. Uh, so what <laughs> role would you be playing? And Rich, I'll start with you. Oh, I gotta go. 
uh, news anchor. I like how how satisfying is it to say your own name? Like I'm Bill McNeil. That's so. It's perfect. It's like I I even I would learn how I would drop everything I'm doing to pick up that skill to be a new uh, to be a news anchor like that tomorrow. If I if I had the if I had those Phil Hartman pipes, I could say literally anything I wanted. I'm not wearing any pants. I mean, Max. obviously, I want to be an eccentric billionaire more than anything. But that's just <laughs> also in fair. general. Do you I just want to be, be Stephen Root? Or do you... No, 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 no. I don't want to be Jimmy James. I just want to be an eccentric billionaire who who owns news outlets. No, I, I think I'm I'm the sports guy. I'm I'm quick talking. I get little wacky catchphrases. I I pop in and out just to you know give you that thing you want. Sports. <laughs> Charles Oakley and the Men in Blue. Um, and for myself, you know, I would like to think of myself as qualified to be a news director and, uh, manage the cruise ship that is news radio. Uh, but also I realize that I am probably most established to be the security guard who tells people they are in the wrong building. So I'll take that role very proudly. Uh, well, thank you so much for that in-flight question um we'll talk a little bit more about how you can submit those but let's talk about the complicated legacy of this show um so this show had five seasons and 97 episodes um which is wild considering that nbc really to say this nicely screwed over uh, news radio as far as its time slot. They gave um, the show no chance. So I this... Just, it makes me so mad because like they're already riding so high with Seinfeld at this particular moment, and Seinfeld loved this show. He made a cameo on this show in a future season. Like, so... It, uh, yeah, so this show changed time slots 11 times. Oh it God. went from Tuesday to Sunday to Wednesday to Wednesday at a different time to Wednesday at a different time to Thursday to Wednesday to Tuesday to Thursday to Wednesday to Wednesday to Tuesday. <gasps> what Th- are they this doing? show would have benefited so much from today's TV model where just like stuff goes on to like Hulu or yeah. whatever the next day that if you can watch yeah. it anytime. If this was like a Sunday night Right, like this is some. It couldn't happen now on NBC because of Sunday Night Football. But I could very much see this show really benefiting from like also YouTube clips and like seeing the clip of it and being like, oh, I gotta watch this show or like TikTok or Twitter. Um, So the highest rated seasons of this show were one and two. They both topped out at the number thirty nine TV show in the country. Uh, But season one actually had the most viewers. Uh, it had 11.4 million viewers, and the first two episodes of the show topped out at 20% of the overall TV share market at the time slot, which is really, really impressive. And it makes you question, like, what did this TV show do to the president of NBC? Was he offended by Jimmy James and thought that he needed to punish this show? Um, so the show was syndicated in Canada, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the US for a small period of time. Uh, all of the seasons can be found on DVD. We watched it on Amazon Prime. Rich probably watched it on some Russian streaming network for all we know. Uh, <laughs> I have Amazon Prime. Thank you. <laughs> um, so as far as awards, it was nominated for 15. It won a uh, Emmy for Outstanding Costuming in a Series, um, which... That's- what? And also, um, 
yeah, no, that was the only Emmy win, but it consistently got nominated for that, which is interesting. Um, Bill Hartman also got a nominated for Best Supporting Actor after his passing. Uh, yeah. As a honor towards him, he did not win the award, but it was a very nice tribute to him. Um, and yeah, that is really just one of the other wild things. This show passed around production houses a lot so mm. usually if you think about a show it's produced by one place and one place only unless mm-hmm. it changes networks i think there were five different producer or production houses for this show during the wow. series of the show so like unfortunately a really complicated legacy that it goes through but something that you know still lives in some people's hearts and for rich's family uh their holiday traditions um rich what is your game of the week? I know we've all been waiting for it. So this week, I want to do something a little special uh, because I love this show so thoroughly. Um, instead of doing a game, I wanted to give a reading. Um, there is a moment uh, a little bit further down the line of this show where Jimmy James uh, puts out a book. Uh, not unsimilar to The Art of the Deal, and I didn't want to make any Trump comparisons to Jimmy James, but I feel like he's just, that's the eccentricity of it. Um, So he goes to a book reading in New York, uh, gets a copy of it, uh, but he's kind of like bringing it back into circulation, and he brought it to Japan, it was translated to Japanese, and then the only thing he could do to get a copy of the book again was to translate it from Japanese back into English. So please let me give you a reading of Jimmy James, Macho Business Donkey Wrestler. <laughs> I had a small brokerage house, on, house of brokerage on Wall Street. Many days, no business comes to my hut. But Jimmy has fear? A thousand times no. I never doubted myself for a minute, for I knew that my monkey-strong bowels were girded with strength, like the loins of a dragon ribboned with fat and the opulence of buffalo dung. Glorious sunset of my heart was fading. Soon, the super monkey karate death car would park in my space. But Jimmy has fancy plans and pants to match. The monkey clown horrible karate, round and yummy, like a small, cute small baby chick, would meet the donkey. Thank you very much. That was beautiful. Um, I will make sure there is applause in the background, uh, if not Max's. You're getting it from me. Um uh, <laughs> Well, Rich, thank you for that beautiful reading. Um, I have two more questions for you, gentlemen, as we wrap up this episode of TV Pilots License. Would you continue watching this show? And do you think a version of this show could be made today? Uh, Max, I'm going to start with you. Uh, So as for if I want to keep watching this, 100%. I Now that I'm in, somehow this has slipped me for years and years. Now that I'm in it, I want to keep going with it. In a brief little bit of research, I saw that there was a running joke where Jimmy James is D.B. Cooper. I I need to see all of this type of humor. This is incredibly (laughs) up my alley. I need to see where this goes. I actually thought a good amount on if it could be made today. And I'm going to say no. Okay. Because, and it's not that I don't think the show is good enough to be made today or that the comedy wouldn't work. It's that every single time I thought to myself, well, you know, you you recast a Phil Hartman role. 
okay, well, then it's not news radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you update it to a slightly more modern setting from talk news radio in New York to get it to a modern audience. Okay, well, then it's not news radio. I don't want to try and spin this a million ways. I'm not going to go spin city uh, to try and make this show work in 2023. <laughs> I'm going to leave this as a perfect bit of really like progressive alternative network comedy in the mid nineties. And I'm going to enjoy the other 96 episodes that I have to see instead. That's so incredibly well put. I'm not even going to add anything onto that. It's, it's such a perfect moment in time. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep watching the show because I've already watched it all the way through like 90 times. Even when Phil Hartman gets very upsettingly replaced by John Lovitz. I even watch those. Uh, I I just love this show so much. What about you, Jeff? So I definitely will keep watching this show. Um, I, I saw the John Lovitz bit as the replacement for Phil Hartman. And I love John Lovitz like just as a whole. So I will... I'll continue when John Lovitz appears. Um, I'll continue uh, if people change careers. I'm going Dr. Seuss on this. But uh, I really love watching shows from the 90s and seeing actors appear before they've really started to hit their stride. So, like, some of the guest stars that you have to look forward to is Bob Odenkirk is on the show Mm -hmm. twice. Uh, Patton Oswalt, Jane Lynch, Judd Apatow, David Mm -hmm. Cross, Norm MacDonald. Supposedly has a fantastic episode. So I am uh, Jimmy James Blair, if I remember. Which I'm just, I'm in. Um, <laughs> but as far as if this show could be made today, I'm going to say something. I'm going to speak as the executives of NBC. Um, I cannot. Don't you put words in my mouth. <laughs> so I can see a version of this show being made today that surrounds the idea of the podcasting world, the daily podcasting, or unfortunately, and I would not watch this, but I could see someone at NBC being like, kids love YouTube. Let's make Mm. this about YouTube news. Mm. Um, Ergo, a Philip DeFranco um, sort of thing. Would I watch that? I'd rather watch this. I think that this is fantastic. Um, Max actually shared an amazing article from Vulture about why this is a perfect pilot that I highly recommend uh, anyone and everyone read. We can put that in the show notes. We can put yeah, a, we will a link put in that the in notes. the link um, so you can read that. Um, but with that being said, we have three yeses. Uh, we have been cleared to land, um, and I'd love to hear where we can find you too. Uh, you can find me driving the Super Karate Monkey Death Car at uh, Damn That's Rich on Instagram. Uh, you could find me uh, playing goalie for Jimmy James's new hockey team <laughs> on all things social media at Maxwell Singh. Uh, you can actually now find TV Pilots License on TikTok yeah. uh, at TV Pilots License. Uh, it's super fun. We we post fan cams for for characters we like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, one last thing that I did forget. Uh, this week's daddy of the week is Stephen oh. Root. Uh, Stephen Root Big is time. the Stephen Root is the daddy of the week. Um, and I'm so sorry if you were afraid that I wasn't going to say it. 
Jimmy James, come on down. Be my eccentric billionaire follow, daddy. Follow us on TikTok for the Steven Root fan cam. <laughs> yes. He's going to be so confused. Um, and you can find me not only trying to figure out how to get Steven Root's attention, uh, but also running <laughs> throughout New years. York trying to find the right building where I work. Uh, you can find me at Run Jeff Run on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the TV Pilots License on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and now tiktok at tv pilots license if you have a question for the show maybe you want to be the in-flight question uh make sure to check us out on instagram or you can shoot us an email at tv pilots license at gmail.com or if you love voicemails you can leave us one at 219 or excuse me 213-290-1713 make sure to watch out for sneak previews of upcoming episodes uh, spoiler alert, next week is True Blood, so I hope you have your fangs out and are thirsty. Uh, but with the plane landed and the seatbelt sign off, we look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you again soon. And until then, this has been WNYX. The Real Deal with Bill McNeil. <laughs> <laughs>